0: Hello and welcome back to another edition of the K-Pop Rama Podcast. I'm your host, Skin Onaman, and for today's episode, we're going to be reviewing a drama that is in the top 10 of the most viewed shows in the U.S. right now, and it is a K-drama called The Silent Sea. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to end it myself. I am honestly really excited to do this review because... For one, uh, if you haven't seen my Space Sweepers review that I did like earlier this year, um, you would know that I love anything sci-fi. And the fact that this is a sci-fi K-drama, oh man, Like it, it, this this show is going to be reviewed no matter what. So look forward to that on today's episode. But before we get into that, of course, if you like the podcast and you like what we do, don't forget to like, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on just by any podcast platform to think of, and for an Apple podcast, don't forget to subscribe, we'll a 5 starting on the podcast, that helps it a lot. And last but not least, our social media will be in the podcast description below. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. <music> Okay, so to kick off the non-spoiler part of this review, um, let's start with a synopsis of The Silent Sea. Now, it reads as follows. Set in the future when the planet suffers from a lack of water and food caused by desertification, Han Yun Jae, who is played by Gong Yu is a soldier for the Korean Space Agency. He is selected for a team including Song Jian, who is played by Bae Duna, to travel to the moon and their mission is to retrieve a mysterious sample from an abandoned research station. Now, just based on the synopsis that I've told you, what and it it doesn't really say any spoilers of any sort. But you can tell that this is going to be the like a very vintage classic sci-fi thriller horror drama and honestly i am here for it um i mean aside from the fact that i'm really happy that a k drama is currently number 5 in netflix's top 10 in the united states right now um i'm just in general just just to say something gen- in general about the show and just general k dramas in general um i'm just really happy that a show like this in the silent sea is doing so well because you know like just in just talking about korean films and dramas in general um this year has really been like the i guess the first year of korea really entering the sci-fi genre in terms of films and tv shows with you know if you remember from earlier this year uh korea i mean korea released um space sweepers which was this very bombastic space odyssey space opera kind of movie which was a lot of fun and now we have the sci-fi thriller horror in the silent sea and i'm honestly just really glad that these shows are doing really well because you know if just in case if you don't know if you don't know or if you haven't figured it out already um i i love sci-fi like sci-fi is one of my favorite genres this is in general for anything entertainment. So just to see this happening in the Korean entertainment space is a lot of fun to see, and it's great. But back to The Silent Sea. Um, as I already said already, this is your classic sci-fi thriller horror because this this show is really kind of like a show kind of shrouded in mystery, really, to be totally honest. And it it is just really really good like i mean to start off like the cast for this show is spot on um everyone's performances especially gong yu and Beiduna's performances in this show are amazing like you know like for me like this show really kind of takes the boxes of everything i want in a good sci-fi show or movie or whatever And, you know, I kind of covered this in my Space Sweepers review, if you don't remember. But basically, what constitutes good sci-fi to me is good CGI and visual effects, which this show has in a lot of ways. Um, I'd argue it has kind of like a classic sci-fi feel to it, which is pretty cool. Um, This show also has a very engrossing and interesting universe around it, which is really like arguably one of the most important things that you need in anything science fiction um and number three um the show does some of the world building which i've already mentioned but it you know focuses on a very linear story which is engrossing and it honestly keeps you on your toes for the entire show and it's honestly kind of a shame that it's only eight episodes because like it the adrenaline like, kept going for the whole time for me, which was great. Um, plus, um, as an added bonus, um, this show is also just a very new sci-fi story in general, so all of that is really, really good, and I think this, just to add on to all of the good things that I have, about, that I have to say about this show, um, I think, to me, good sci-fi either plays on two different emotions. One is kind of like hope and optimistic for the future, as you see in a lot of things that are kind of said in the future. Or, man, this is kind of dark when I think about it now, but they, oftentimes, aside from the happy parts of like thinking about the future and whatnot, um, sci-fi also kind of plays on your feeling of existential dread about a troubling future, which... um, to not spoil anything. Um, This show definitely plays on the latter. So, um, yeah, uh, it does a really good job in that aspect, which is why um, this is a show that I thoroughly enjoyed a lot. But, you know, despite all of the good things that I've said, um, this show, much like Space Sweepers, um, while it is good, um, it does have its qualms. Uh, It has some faults, which, Mm, are kind of glaring at times um i won't spoil it right now because this is the non-spoiler section but i will say that there are some like story decisions and some things that happen within the story that are kind of a bit confusing and just straight up weird to see and it and just in case if you're like like so like focused on the story like there are some moments where it they kind of take you out of it and it's not for good reasons at all um, but I will say that I mean at least for me anyway because I can only speak from my experience um, these faults weren't exactly you know deal breaking by any means but they were kind of annoying to see so I just feel like I should really kind of emphasize that because well as I already said already this show is brilliant is really fun but at the same time, it's not like a perfect show that will like be timeless. If you get what I mean, so yeah, there's all of that. Um, I mean, honestly, aside from that, um, this show. I mean, considering it's really popular right now on Netflix, um, I highly recommend you guys check it out. As this show is just a lot of fun, um, especially if you like thriller slash horror stuff. This is this this kind of stuff is right up your alley, especially if you like sci-fi you Know science fiction and all that, so yeah. Um, aside from that, uh, that kind of concludes the non spoiler section of this show. Um, I, I kind of don't really want this part of the show to drag as much because, for one, um, I kind of realized from the last um non spoiler review that I did for JD-san last week, um, I kind of realized that I I kind of made this section a little bit too long, and also I kind of don't want to like give too much away for the drama so this is why I'm kind of keeping it very bare-bones but hopefully everything I've said so far encourages you to see this show because it's honestly really good and I'm <laughs> it's really hard for me to not talk about spoilers in this part so if this is enough for you to be interested I highly recommend you go check out the show but um, after this break um, we are going to get into full full spoilers about the show. So if you haven't done so already, I highly recommend you go watch the show. So see you in a bit while I talk about the wonders of the Anchor podcast platform. Okay, we are back. So this part of the podcast is the spoiler part of the review. Now, just to give you listeners out there a final warning, um, I'm gonna be giving you, I mean, I'm gonna be talking about a ton of spoilers in this part so if you haven't watched the, the drama already please i highly recommend go watch the show first and then come back here because i'm gonna spoil the entire show but if you've already watched the show um just enjoy the rest of this section because this is gonna be a lot of fun so anyway um to start off this part of the podcast um, as I've already mentioned in the non-spoiler part of this review, um, this show is—I mean, this show has a lot of things that I want from anything sci-fi, especially of the thriller horror for variety. I mean, I mean to talk about the horror aspect of this show, um, it—it's done really, really well. Like, there are parts of this show. Like, especially when, you know, when the crew or, like, Gong Yu's team or Captain Han's team is trying to look for Luna. Like, there there were, like, a lot of moments that remind me of movies like Alien or, I guess, for more recent examples, I guess, like Prometheus. Like, you know, these kind of movies or films where, like, you know, there's, like, humans in the future and they're being hunted by aliens and whatnot. And it's... Like, that vibe was there with this show. And I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. And I, like, honestly, like, for a K-drama, like, I don't think my adrenaline has ever been up so much for a show except this one. Because this, like, this show had me on the very edge of my seat and I was running on adrenaline at some moments. And that's just props to just how good of a job that the creative team did and the cast as well in just creating this like very uncomfortable and horror vibe and like this show this does that in flying colors and it's brilliant um and i think to segue into another part of like this horror aspect of the show um man i i And how do i even like begin with this part um i feel like in my notes i have specifically put in a section talking about the gruesome deaths that happened in this show because um i know i haven't watched many k-dramas um i'll be totally honest um but out of all of the k-dramas i've seen bar maybe a handful or maybe like one or two Um, this show has definitely some of the most disturbing and graphic deaths I've seen in a K-drama. Um, I mean, I mean, let's start with the lunar water because, you know, just in case if you don't know, like, you know, the lunar water, you know, as we see in the show, turns out to be, you know, really bad for humans when they consume it because basically the water basically multiplies within the body to the point where, you know, the person who is... You know, poison from the lunar water basically drowns to death And we see that happen to, when I think about it, like a good portion of Captain Han's team in the show And man, like death by water fountain Like, for, for one, I mean, I I couldn't really, like, I couldn't think of that kind of death for a character in general but to see it on camera is honestly one of the most gruesome and worst ways to go. Like it Like when I think about it now, like every time like someone is poisoned from the lunar water as we see in the show, like it it almost feels cartoonish in the way that everyone is just literally turning into a water fountain in front of your very eyes. Like it it has that feeling of this this is like very cartoonish on and like borderline like full-on wacky whack stuff that you're seeing on screen but at the same time it is genuinely horrifying to watch like this like I I think the drama does a really good job in just being very like very unapologetic in how how much suffering these people are going through as they are basically being turned into water fountains like it it is just gruesome and for a show like this this is like man this is just wow it's just wow like honestly like really this as a kind of like a behind the scenes thing as well like i kind of kind of want to see how they managed to pull this off when they were filming everything because it 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 feels very it just it it, it was just very surreal you know to watch and like just Seeing just how how I'm struggling to describe it is just like, yeah, it 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 was just gruesome and it was just really well done on camera. You know, I mean, I just I just feel like I need to specifically comment on how gruesome some of the deaths that these characters experience are like because my god were they gruesome <laughs> jesus christ and i should say as well like the other deaths that happened in the show even outside of you know getting getting poisoned by lunar water and getting turned into a water fountain are equally as gruesome as well so you know this this i just i guess really what i'm trying to say in general is like this show is just very brutal and very very graphic as well which i think for a sci-fi thriller like this is great to see because i feel like if they didn't do something like this i feel like the impact like the emotional impact wouldn't be as much so again props to the writers and the team and everyone that worked on it to do things like this because man i i i never thought people could die in this manner but i'm in a really kind of messed up way i guess for the sake of entertainment i should say um, it was very intriguing to watch. But anyway, um moving on. Um okay, yeah, let's talk about the cast, right? So um as I already mentioned in the non-spoiler part of the show, um I thought Gong Yu and Beidona's uh, performance was brilliant for this show. Um I mean especially um Beidona who played Dr. Jian Song. Um, like I I guess for me since I watched um, Beiduna's character in Stranger for, like, two seasons, as I've, you know, as I've reviewed on this show in the past, um, her character very much reminded me of her Stranger character, but in space. And she's also a scientist and not a lawyer, which is... I think is really cool. Like, I think she does a really, like, phenomenal job in her roles in general. And to see her like this is really really intriguing and I think she was a very very captivating main lead so you know props to her for that um and I think to kind of speak on Baedena's um acting as well um I think the moment when her character Dr. Song kind of discovers like everything about her older sister like like everything that happens in Balhae uh, research station was I think generally one of the best parts like best parts of her performance in this show in particular because it I mean just to just to see like Dr. Song's face just turn into like genuine heartbreak knowing that her sister who she adores by the way because obviously like their family right like they she adores her older sister but at the same time she knows that her sister took part in horrible and heinous crimes that happen in this station for the sake of the survival of humanity which you know you understand why she did it but it's like it you could just feel the conflict and see the conflict on um dr song's face and that's down to Doona's brilliant acting in that part so I feel like I need to give props to her on that but moving on to the other male I mean I'm'll male lead or main lead in uh, Captain Han, who is played by Gong Yoo. Um, I feel like, much like Bei character, character, um, he was also really brilliant as well. And I think, to reference uh, Dr. Song once again, um, she, I mean, he, I rather, I mean, Captain Han really did bounce off with Dr. Song and also with the rest of the crew really well. Um, you could tell that, <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, um, Captain Han kind of fits like a... A specific role that you see in a lot of sci-fi as well um he's kind of like this very no nonsense career soldier who is you know this tough gruff veteran who has been there done that had the postcard gave the postcard to someone else and he you know he very much acts like that in this show um arguably to a point where i mean i'm excuse my language for a bit but he's He's kind of a bit of a hard ass in this film, um, be totally honest. Um, especially to Doctor Song, especially in the beginning, because Doc- Captain Han in particular was pretty skeptical of Doctor Song in general. You know, which I think when you think about it, is pretty understandable considering, you know, the stakes that were on during this this whole mission. Because when you think about it, right? Like this I mean, When you look at this whole mission that Captain Han and his men have to do um, It's very much a suicide mission Like it's it's the kind of mission where he would honestly feel really fortunate and lucky to come off To walk away from alive And as you see by the end I mean like literally like a good 75% of the crew are dead (laughs) So... You know there's there's i could see why um captain han was very you know by the book very very reluctant to you know have to give his op his men or like dr song or, or even like the other like people on the crew like really much freedom outside of what they have to do for the mission because you know reasonably you know <laughs> That he wants to make sure that his people can come back alive and kicking and not dead, you know? So, you know, I, I just feel like Gong Yu did a really good job in portraying a character that is very, very gruff, no nonsense. And he, he did a really good job in that as well. Um, also, <laughs> I guess as well, like, I feel like I need to comment on this. This is like a very, like small thing as well considering his character but I mean as you see in the show um Captain Han has a neck tattoo in like like you see it in multiple shots like throughout the whole show and I I feel like this is kind of like a very like minor thing in really like in general but I just find it really funny that they basically gave Captain Han this really sick neck tattoo and they gave it a lot of attention and they literally do not reference it in the entire show which I find hilarious by the way because like I mean I I guess it kind of makes sense because you know Captain Han is like a veteran gruff tough soldier career soldier guy but like I mean I guess it I guess they kind of decided to give Captain Han that really sick neck tattoo because I mean it's Gong Yu and people will just be enthralled by the fact that he has like this sick neck tattoo for no apparent reason so i mean i i just feel like that's something to comment on because i know from for for most comments that i see online um they kind of they've commented on his freaking sick neck tattoo as well so i just feel like i need to comment on that as well because it's sick it's cool And I love the fact that they just put it there for no apparent reason. And yeah, I'm just all for it. So all of that is great. Um, I think aside from the main leads, um, I feel like in terms of the other characters that we see in the show, um, they are, for the most part, pretty straightforward, really. Um, I feel like a lot of the other minor characters here kind of play like... Minor but I guess necessary kind of roles. Um, I think for one for example, I mean um, I think out of all of the minor characters that you see in the show a dr. Hong Hong probably has one of the more prominent minor roles because she's basically the team doctor and she I think out of all of the characters aside from the main ones um, she I think she's one of the minor characters that I liked a lot Um, Kim soon and Captain Gong are people that I really liked as well. Um arguably like everyone in in the team at least were people that I re- I was re- I was rooting for, you know, for the most part. Um but I should say that a lot of these ma- minor characters are you know, as I've already mentioned, straightforward and there isn't really anything particularly remarkable about them really aside from the fact that you kind of want them to survive and some of them are kind of you know progressing the story a little bit so yeah um so really in general like the cast did what they had to and everyone did a really good job in my opinion so there's all of that um i guess um as a side note um, aside from dr hong um i feel like i need to give a Quick shout-out to Kim Sun and Chief Gong because they are You know freaking beasts in this show Um, Not just because like they are like freaking like badass Soldiers like you know Captain Han, but like they're just I I was rooting for them especially as well Um, I mean, I guess to put it a different way. um, I was really Devastated and gutted to see the way Kim Soon died from uh, K- Lieutenant Ru of uh, just crazy betrayal that wasn't really explained well. Which I will kind of get into later. But yeah, like, I think out of all of the minor characters, I was especially devastated for his because he he went through a lot, you know? And as he said, even as he was literally puking water you know like he was literally wanting to go home the whole time and honestly who could blame him considering everything that was happening but anyway um yeah um just to conclude on that um, the clap the cast was brilliant and i think they did a really good job um okay so for the next part um i do want to talk about the universe that is you know revolving around the show and i feel like even if We don't really get too much world building in this particular show Um, I feel like it was intriguing enough You know for me to be interested and to see potential in more Shows to happen within this universe in the future which is exactly What you want in anything sci-fi Now to start um, I was very intrigued to see this very dystopian You know future that Earth is in where Basically Everyone's basically fighting for water, everyone's really desperate for water, and a lot of people are struggling because of it because basically half of Earth's water supply has been cut because global warming probably, which is relatable now, especially now because of what might potentially happen, as I think most of us already know. And I think it's really interesting to see how society kind of evolves because of all of this and i think the show does a really good job and really like referencing everything that has happened like you know like i think it does a really good job in keeping it simple you know like i think there's are there were like multiple instances where like like a lot of the crew like in general kind of this reference you know the very fact that oh hey Remember that one time that we were able to use a water slide or just drink water as much as we want, you know? Like, I think those little moments right there kind of kind of just give you that idea of just how how much everyone has suffered in this dystopian future. And it really just set the tone for the entire show in general, really. So there's all of that, which I think is really done rather well, even if it's done in a rather subtle way way and i think it just sets up just a lot of ramifications in general you know you know especially if they want to do like future seasons of this show which i don't know just based on the ending they might be but you know you never know um i think i guess to wrap up on this part um, just on talking about the universe um i think this in general um you know, I I mentioned this in the non-spoiler part, but this job this show does a really good job in playing on everyone's feeling of existential dread about the future because you know as I already mentioned already, there's a lot to be concerned about the future, and you know it's this kind of scary to think about that you know even for a show like this, um, it's to be honest not really set that far into the future. Um, just in case if you haven't if you didn't catch it in I think in the later episodes. Um, I think I think the current year that the show takes place in is 20 um, 79 I believe um since I think there was like a scene when um, Dr song was looking through her older sister's records and like a lot of the files were dated with 2074. And, you know, as you see it by that point, uh, basically, this mission takes place five years after the the Balhe uh, Research Station incident. So, you know, it really isn't set that far into the future. And it's kind of scary to think that, hey, you know, this could be our future, you know, which, you know, which is definitely what this show is trying to hit upon. So, you know, there's all of that. Um, oh, man, I almost forgot about this, too. Um... I think before we head into like the main issues I have with the show, um, I feel like, I feel like I can't go on without talking about all of the Luna experience experiments that were happening in the Balhay Station, which I think, as you see, like especially when they reveal it fully in like the latter half of the show, it is crawling with gray area uncertainty, and I think if anything, like aside from the fact that it's. Horrific and horrible that, you know, Dr. Song's like older sister was taking part in all of these horrific experiments Um, I think this the, the very fact that, you know, these guys were doing this willingly kind of just shows you just how How bad of a situation humanity is in at this point and it this screams of a situation where it is desperate times call for desperate measures mode, you know, and I think I think when you put it like that, you can understand why they did it, and it just gives you this very uncomfortable, like, gray moral dilemma. Especially as a viewer, because you know this—they are, for one, well, this this whole this whole experimentation of lunar water could potentially save the human race. It at the same time is leading to the suffering of other humans who were cloned, especially for this kind of experiment. And, you know, as Dr. Hong was like, you know, discovers, I think in like the second to last episode, you know, they they literally kinda treated a lot of these Luna experiments as tests subjects and nothing more. Especially when you consider the fact that, you know, Doctor Hong and also Captain Han as well, you know, they kinda mention they, I mean not mention, but they kinda discover uh Balha's um you know body room full of all of the bodies of all of the you know all the people who died from these experiments with lunar water so you know it's very uncomfortable in that fact and i think the show does a really good job in portraying it in a very subtle way because you know they they can't really spend too much time explaining it too much because it's a linear story and they also have eight episodes to explain it so You know, I just feel like they did a really reasonably good job on that fact. So, there's all that. Now, moving on to my issues with this show. Now, I should say, um, I mean, I kind of mentioned this in the non-spoiler part. But for the most part, I enjoyed this show. But there are some weird bits and some weird plot holes that kind of emerge in the plot of the show. Which I feel like I need to mention... And talk about because they're to be honest they're kind of annoying to see even if i did enjoy it so yeah let's i mean i guess to start um let's start with just how like the the lunar water infections work because i don't know like i feel like the show didn't really a, didn't really do a good job in showing you how these infections work exactly because um as you see like i think when Suchan gets infected like you could see like a quick quick scene where like some of the molecules from the lunar water like entered um, Suchan after like you know very close contact and he eventually turned into a water fountain um, okay i mean like that makes sense for the most part but at the same time i I don't know like the show isn't really like that specific in terms of how the water can infect people if you get what I mean like it like like honestly for me like I'm still kind of confused as to whether this water can infect people via airborne molecules or is it like close close contact thing because it's kind of vague in that regard and when you keep that in mind it's kind of weird to see Outside of, you know, the autopsy with Su chan um, everyone doesn't really wear hazmat gear, which is weird. Like, it, it's kind of baffling to me that, like, outside of Dr. Hong and Dr. Song, who wore the hazmat gear, and arguably, like, some of the crew who wore it in the beginning, like, eventually, like, later on in the show, they kind of just stopped wearing it for whatever reason, which is kind of weird, but, I mean, <laughs> it it... <laughs> Like, it's not really, like, deal-breaking or anything, but, like, it, it's just kind of weird that, like, the team, like, the surviving team doesn't exactly, like, practice any more, like, safety measures considering just how dangerous the lunar water seems to be. So, yeah, that part was kind of weird. Um, another weird bit is kind of, like, this connection that is going on between Director Choi... And Luna. Um, just in case if you if you uh, need some refreshing. Um, Dr. Choi is the leader of or the leading director of the Korean Space Agency, and she kind of authorized this mission. But there was, I think, ah, oh, man, I forgot which episode it was in. But there was a quick scene. I think it was after um, Director Choi was speaking with Captain Han, like through um, voice call and whatnot. And there was a quick scene where. Director Choi was looking at a picture of a little girl. And as you see in, you know, in Balhe Station, the surviving Luna, you know, Luna clone, if you will, was that same girl. Which is weird because outside of that lone scene, we don't really get any explanation as to like that connection between director choi and this girl specifically um it i don't know it's kind of weird that they didn't really explain that as much um i know i mean to be fair to the show um we do know that the luna project you know experiments if you will were clones of humans so maybe maybe the luna Experiment that survived, as we see in the show, is perhaps a clone of one of Director Choi's family members. Perhaps, like maybe, like a granddaughter or daughter. Maybe Um, it. Like I just feel like it's kind of a weird thing that it didn't. Like this part wasn't really explained much, if really at all. Really, so it it's kind of weird, which is why I feel the need to mention this part because again it's kind of like a plot potential plot line that you know has some potential if you want to expand upon it but the writers ultimately decided not to which is kind of weird so yeah um i think another weird bit that we see in the show is i guess kind of the fact that the show kind of conveniently kills off the last remaining survivor at least known survivor of the balhei station incident and mr huang like literally in the first episode like he literally like dies straight away like he's the first guy to die like it i found that to be kind of well okay i don't really think it's a missed opportunity per se because i can totally understand why the writers decided to kill off his character early on because they kind of want to keep you know everyone else in the dark as to why or what exactly happened at ballet station anyway but like I-, I just feel like maybe if they kept him alive for a little bit longer and maybe i don't know kill him off a little bit later on in the show maybe it would have been really interesting to see his perspective as he's basically coming back to this place you know like I think there could have been a lot of potential there but you know unfortunately they kind of decided to kill him off earlier instead. So again like it's not really necessarily like a bad thing really that they kind of turned out that way but it's kind of a weird bit and kind of like a missed opportunity. Well, sort of if you think of it that way but yeah um but I think probably the weirdest part and arguably kind of a plot hole as well if you kind of consider it a plot hole but it's definitely a weird bit. Um, it's kind of the presence of the villains of the show, which I'm going to put in air quotes. Too bad I'm not recording this with video, but villains of the show in RX, which I mean, outside of Lieutenant Taesuk, um they don't really have much of a presence in the show, which is weird because, you know, for the perceived villains of the show, it's kind of weird that they're only referenced via dialogue from, you know, Captain Han's team. Like some people within the team kind of talk about RX as being like this very shady organization that is interested in, you know, finding new ways to get resources so they can make money. Like, okay, like that that sounds interesting, but at the same time, like that's really just how much like references that we get to this perceived villain which is kind of weird like like i get it that lieutenant Tasuk and gisu as well because they're both working together on this right like i get that they're technically kind of like rx's presence in the show but it i don't know like it arguably even taesuk's motives to even working with rx is kind of vague as heck as well which is weird and like for me, like after watching all of this, sh- like the entirety of this show, like it, it didn't really feel like Taysuk was really like genuine in his like evil nature in in working with RX. Really, like by the end, like when he was literally about to die by either water fountain or being shot, like he, it he kind of referenced the fact that he didn't really want to do what he did but he did it anyway which is weird so it's kind of like i don't know like if you like i feel like rx is kind of blackmailing taesook so i feel like i can't really get a general idea as to why rx would do such a thing outside of the fact that we know from you know the third person or from like other like he said or she said that you know rx is supposed to be like this evil organization so it's kind of weird really it it i guess it's maybe like a maybe the execution of this aspect of the show wasn't really done well i guess but i guess really like i think it would have been cool i guess in the story to see maybe by the end maybe the remaining survivors of captain han's team maybe i don't know fight off some rx mercs that come to show up to get tasik because you know by the end of course like you know as you see um tasik reference on multiple occasions that people from rx were coming to the station to get you know the goods you know like the lunar water and you know even though by the end like no one really showed up from rx like i i feel like maybe if they showed up it would have been kind of a cool twist to see i suppose or maybe like another like dynamic that will be taken into account which would have been pretty cool to see but again it's it's really weird it's kind of a weird bit that i think unfortunately our due to some circumstances that who knows might have gone on during the writing process um rx kind of got shelved into being like a villain that is talked about but not actually shown outside of a couple operatives that even then they kind of seemed a bit reluctant or not even like really that on board with what rx is doing to begin with so you know all of that is kind of weird but i think one of the biggest things that i have issues with with this entire show and i think it's kind of a shame that i have to talk about it really but it's the ending because the ending much like how the whole thing with rx is kind of like executed in such a weird way this kind of left me really unsatisfied for a lot of reasons you know like and it's just a case of just not, things just not really explained well or like this things happening where like there's like a very vague explanation as to what happened you know and that's kind of what happens at the end which is really annoying to be totally honest because this is a really good show like this is Jamie a really good show and I still stand by that but the ending is just weird I mean, first off, the ending is really open-ended. Um, like, you don't really know what happens to a lot of the crew outside of the fact that um, Officer Gong died because of, arguably, in my opinion, very BS circumstances because he bled out, because he got shot. Um, for one, I I feel like I kind of need to comment on his death, especially. But he... I find it really annoying that he didn't really think about... Hey, um, Tasek, who is on the verge of death, is kind of blocking our way. Um, I'm gonna shoot this guy so we can get out of the way. Why didn't he like shoot him in the head or something? Like that would have been like that's like zombie fighting number one hundred one. You know, like you if if there's someone like him that's in the way, you don't go for body shots, dude. Like you gotta go for the head. Like especially since you know Tasek has a gun as well and he could like shoot back like i get i get i don't know maybe it's like instinct or like i don't know maybe it's maybe it's kind of harsh of me to like judge off of that fact but like i just found his death in general to be really like really did he really have to die like that like seriously but i mean that's how it happened which is kind of annoying um i mean i mean aside from that um it <laughs> Everyone else who survived at this point, so Doctor Song, Doctor Hong, Luna, and Captain Han. Um, I I say it. This ending's kind of open-ended because out of those four characters, um, we know for a fact that at least three of them survive. But at the same time, we don't really know if Captain Han survived or not, because you know, as you see at the end. Um, You kind of see Captain Han basically sacrificing himself in order to get Dr. Song, Dr. Hong, and Luna safe out of the station, you know, because it was kind of the only way to, like, open the door and whatnot, right? And then, all of a sudden, after, like, the station basically blows up from all of the water, you see Captain Han's body out outside lying, like, lying by a rock. And then Luna's there just watching him as he is just on the ground almost unconscious or dead. Like, we don't really know what happened to him. Um, I just found that that part of it very too am- annoyingly ambiguous, if you know what I mean. Like, look, I get if you're gonna kill Captain Han off, so be it. But don't, like, leave, like, a scene at the end to make it feel very open-ended. Like, that... <laughs> That's not a good cliffhanger for me, you know? That that's, that's just not cool, you know? And what makes it worse is also by the end, like the ending doesn't really show you much. Like it doesn't show the remaining surviving crew like getting on the rescue spaceship that came to get them. You just get a voiceover from the pilot of the rescue spaceship saying that, Control, we got them. And then that's it, and I'm like, really, you're gonna end it like that? Like I, there's so many like I, I guess really what I'm trying to say is like, the ending just leaves so many things left, so many things unanswered, and it's I guess for me anyway, considering everything that has happened, it it's kind of annoying to see, um, it's like annoying to know that you don't really know what will happen. Unless there's like a season two, and even then, that's very uncertain. Um, um, I guess the only explanation to the fact that the ending is this open ended is you know, I, I've referenced it on multiple occasions already, but there's probably a season two in the works, maybe. Um, considering that the show is doing really well in the US, um, maybe there's a possibility of that, but uh, I mean, that's. And that's really the only reason I can think of as to why this ending is and is shown in the way it is, but it, it it in my opinion, that that's not a way to end a season like this, you know? Like man, I guess really what I'm trying to say is like it's just really frustrating to see a show kind of go through like this Netflix syndrome where there's like this need to keep it open-ended so they can keep it open for potential seasons later down the line. Like, you know, like I understand you need to do that, but do it in a way that, you know, just in case if the show doesn't get any more seasons, at least it's an ending that, you know, it's at least somewhat satisfying and ties all the loose ends for viewers, you know? Like at least show us that everyone's safe and sound and headed back to Earth, you know? Which... I guess is really what I'm trying to say really And oh, man I, I'm just looking at my notes here Like I didn't even talk about Luna And the fact that she went like Full Marvel as well Like I think out of all of the things that happened in the ending And I know this is like kind of all over the place Because I'm just kind of like rambling on But The fact that Luna can basically just Casually survive In space Without Any kind of like breathing equipment is kind of wild Like Okay, I get that the lunar water has changed her, and it's kind of changed her to the point where you can you can. I don't know if you can really consider her a human, really, because she kind of looks like a fish, like with the way like her body works and whatnot. But I I I just think like her surviving the vacuum in space is kind of a step too far for me. You know, like I feel like you can only do that if the sci-fi that you're watching. Is already all in with like these mystical or like, like out of this world kind of things. Like for example, like Star Wars. There's the Force. You know, like that's a very mythological, fantastical thing. But that's fine because they already established that early on. But with this, like, Luna does out of nowhere. Can this casually survive like this? Like I feel like that's nuts to me. Like that. I feel like I can't, that's kind of hard for me to accept, you know, like, and and that's kind of crazy for me to say because literally earlier on, I think in like the previous episode before the finale, there was literally an incident where Dr. Song literally survived like getting infected by the lunar water. And like, I guess the show's explanation for that is that Luna bit Dr. Song in an earlier episode, which, I mean, I mean, I guess. That that seems a bit outrageous too, but I mean honestly, for that even like they, they could have just had like Doctor Song just have like some mutation in her genetics or whatever just do that instead. But they decided to do that, but it's kind of like uh, I mean that's kind of borderline for me. But it's alright. But this this whole thing Luna turning to like uber superhero is kind of a bit ah uh, for me. But but I think aside from all of this, um. You would think, after like literally me like rambling about the ending and how like weird and awkward it is for like ten minutes, makes you think that it kind of ruined the experience for me. But I think to be honest, it didn't really. Um, I just think like the fact that the horror aspect of this show is just so good, kind of makes me be. I guess it it kind of makes the ending a bit more tolerable for me if that makes sense. Like it's still. A really decent show and I'm really glad that you know even if this show is not perfect and as you can probably tell by now this show is not perfect by any means but it is definitely a show that you should definitely check out and you can definitely like binge this in a night and say after the whole experience yeah this show was worth it it was a lot of fun like it it's a show that is sci-fi it's great it's a lot of fun and even if the show like probably won't be like a timeless classic by any means but it still something that made you have a good time and that's honestly the most important thing for any form of entertainment in general so yeah um i think aside from that um that's about it for the spoiler part of this show um yeah um (laughs) As you can probably tell since this show is going on for almost an hour um, I thoroughly enjoyed this show and all of its qualms even if there were a lot of faults in the process as you know for me you know I'm a sci-fi geek I love sci-fi and this is just another another addition to the growing sci-fi genre that is going on in Korea at the moment and I just hope that this trend continues because I think there is genuinely a lot of potential here for future shows or movies that are set in sci-fi and i hope the success of this show will you know lead the momentum on you know um and i think considering this as a general note um that this show is you know kind of takes off like the sci-fi horror part of the sci-fi genre um space sweepers has that linear like action fun like guardians of the galaxy esque kind of sci-fi um i think The one that we need, I think, and I think it's possible, is, you know, maybe like a grandiose space opera, but you put it in with the K-drama formula, like the romance one somehow. And I think, I think, if done right, will be amazing. I just think so. (laughs) Now, maybe that... Last part didn't really make any sense But I'll rephrase it for the sake of it But I just think that if you combine The romance K-drama formula With the sci-fi theme And you get everything right You get the casting right and everything I think it could be a drama That is out of this world You know Um, Now granted you could say that for just about anything But I just think With the way that You know The Korean industry is you know getting into sci-fi i i think this is just for my personal indulgence really but i would just love to see just this, this over-the-top k romance k drama set in a sci-fi setting because i just want i just want to see it happen i just want to see how it turns out because i think it'd be really really good but yeah, um, anyway, aside from all of my rambling, um, wherever you are in this gigantic world of ours, man, I messed that up, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the K-Pop Rama Podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in to another episode next week. But until then, this is Gian from the K-Pop Rama Podcast signing off. Take care and have a brilliant weekend, everybody. Peace, Bye bye and Happy New Year, everybody, since this is coming out on New Year's Eve. So I hope you guys have a Happy New Year. Aloha.